You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. It's the off season, but there's a lot been going on over the last month. Jared, how you been? How's how's life going? How's all of the off season going for you? I've been good, man. War Eagle. I just get. I mean, I look up. It's you know, it's middle of June, and I'm thinking, wow. I mean, I I, I don't know the exact dates, but I'm assuming college football starts somewhere at the end of August for some teams. Mm-hmm. So we are. It, it's coming fast, and that's just crazy. It's just this year's flying by, and I'm. Not not excited about the flying by of the year, but I'm excited that college football is just around the corner. Well, and then even July and August time frame is when fall practices start up, and we're going to hear some fun stuff around that. Um, so that's, I mean, literally like a month, month and a half away before we start talking about practice, fall practice happening. Um, not just spring practice that we were talking about, but this is a legit fall practice Um Teams get the full fall practice, which you know I feel like for everybody is very helpful. Um, so very excited about that. Um, but Jared, I wanted to kind of do a main topic here, and then we'll kind of like talk about other Auburn news as we go. Um, but the main topic I want to talk about today is around Auburn claiming more national championships. They're not doing it like in a public way. They're not going out there and saying we now have a lot more championships than the 97 or uh, not 97 1957 and 2010 national championships but they have it on their website that they claim championships and i feel like that's something i don't think they'd ever come out and officially you know do a marketing campaign and say we now have five national championships 1913 <laughs> 1957 I think it's something. What do you think it says, Jared? I've I've said ever since, and really even with a playoff, only four teams, I've said that college football championships were basically a popularity contest. I mean, it essentially you had a hundred and something schools and you allowed human beings for most of the existence of football to choose the top two. And you, it's the only sport you could not look at the team, your team at the beginning of the year and say, if you don't lose a game, you will be champions. It's the only sport I've ever known where you, you could do that. Um, that was not true. So I'm okay with it. I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't go bragging about it or anything. The funny thing is the school that would probably want to make the most fun of us about this can't do anything because they have finished 20th in a poll before and lost to Vandy that year <laughs> and still claim a championship. So <laughs> lost to Vandy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, so they, they can't say anything. And at the end of the day, really, it's not a huge deal. I, I may have some discrepancies on which years they chose and we can talk about that in a minute. Well, let's just go ahead and talk about it. Actually, yeah, absolutely. Let's so, go into it. So we don't, we don't count Oh four, but we do count 93. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, okay, so 2004, obviously, we had a 13-0 season, left out of the BCS National Championship game, and then USC that year, uh, because of Reggie Bush and his family obtaining impermissible benefits, their national title win was vacated, and Auburn won their bowl game that season against Virginia Tech in the Sugar Bowl. I mean, that one just so hard. 
I mean, maybe it's the recency. Like we, we want to say that one is it. I definitely lean that way over 93 where Auburn was on probation. If you're on probation, you shouldn't be claiming any national championships. Even if like some national champions foundation says you, you want it, but I, that's weird. Like that's just weird to me. I, I bleed orange and blue and I don't think we should claim 93. I think it's two different conversations. It's like, okay, so 04 versus 93, which one should get chosen? And in my opinion, it's pretty clear. It's 04. Then you can have a separate conversation. Well, should they be claiming 04? I think you, I think yes. In the, in the world that we live in now, when we go, if we, and I know we have another podcast that we talk about the 12 team playoff. Most people probably heard about it. Eh, once you have a 12 team playoff, there's probably never ever going to be room again for somebody to say, "Oh, we we, di- we didn't get our fair due." Yeah, um, we were left out. We were left out. That yeah. kind of eliminates that. But I mean, really, even with the four team playoff, I I don't know, man. I think that there's still still left a little bit for like like Central Florida did it a few years ago, and they we mm-hmm. had the playoff. So, um, but yeah, between '93 and and '04, I would absolutely choose the '04 team. I would not include '93, and I am a huge Auburn fan, so I hope I'm not making anybody mad. <laughs> you can argue whether or not we should have been on probation. That's a whole different discussion. I don't know enough details, but we were on probation. So, in my opinion, I, yeah, I would not count that year. Yeah, and it's we were, I don't know, we were one of the 1993 national champions. Yeah, we had a great season, but. I don't think that's one that we should be claiming. Um, and it's on Auburn's website. If you want to go check it out, just search Auburn uh, football champions and look at Auburn's uh, website for it. Um, it's one of them up there. Um, and uh, another one that I thought, okay, this one absolutely makes sense is 1913. We were 8-0. We outscored our opponents 224 and only allowed Ooh. 13 points the whole season. 13 points in eight games. Wow. Insane. Um, if and, that wasn't and, 1913, I would have thought that was more Xbox game statistics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there were things called Xboxes in 1913, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, Auburn Elvis actually might have been at one of those games. What That's probably you. right. I mean, he was probably like five, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about uh, the next one that Auburn's claiming is 1983. And uh, that one, we went 11 and one. We won our first SEC title since 1957. So it had been a while, almost 30 years at that point. And uh, Auburn played the toughest schedule in the nation that season and still went 11 and one. Um, we were barely left out. We were number three at the end of the season, uh, number one, Nebraska, and number two, Texas, um, lost their bowl games. And yet Auburn defeated a number eight Michigan State in the Sugar Bowl. So, like, my thinking is number one and number two lost. Auburn's number three. How did we not jump them? Like, that doesn't make sense. And yet, in that season, the Miami Hurricanes, who were number five, even lower than Auburn, wait, I mean, a couple spots lower than Auburn, they, they somehow jumped us. What? <laughs> I mean, in a perfect world, Auburn and Miami should have had a chance um, in the setting that we were in and the situation we had. Yeah, that's wrong. I mean, that, the setting was essentially we're going in chronological order. The teams that win their bowl games, they get bumped up a spot. Yeah. And so two people above Auburn lost. Auburn should have been bumped up. Plus we had Bo Jackson. Don't know if anybody's heard of him. 
I mean, it was just a, it, it was not like we're asking for that to be gifted to us. It, it that would prob that would just never happened. Yeah. And so that's probably one of the more valid ones, in my opinion, of, of the, even though we had a loss in 04, we did not have a loss, but that one was just so, um, you know, in 04, you could say, all right, well, okay, Auburn, well, we put you in the game, then you got to go win it. You know, well, this one was Auburn played their whole season. They were number three in 83. Mm -hmm. They played the whole season. There was no other game to play. And then they get jumped. Yeah. I mean, that just didn't, yeah, I'm with you. That, that seems off. It doesn't sit. I mean, like that one is one that just doesn't sit right. That we, uh, like somehow Miami got, they just jumped us. The number five team. Are you kidding me? Like every team can have a great bowl game, but that just seems ridiculous. I mean, we'd be number eight team in a bowl game. That's not a shabby thing. Yeah. And and I've always had some problems with that. I mean, just for people to realize how fair we try to be at least, there's been years pretty recent in the last 10 years where Georgia, similar thing happened to Georgia. They were ranked higher. And then when the last poll comes out, they got jumped for some arbitrary reason. And, um, you know, even then I I did not feel that that was correct. So um, to me, it has to be something pretty outstanding to jump someone that high. But, um, you know, again, it all goes back to popularity contest up until the four game 14 playoff took that away a little bit, but it still was more about popularity of the four teams you get in. Mm-hmm. And then which ones are we putting putting you against game one so that you have a better chance to move on to game two. So the 12 team, and I know we talk more about that later, the 12 team might eliminate a lot of this. You're talking about the 2012? I'm sorry, the 12 team playoff. Oh, the 12 team playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll yes. eliminate that. But yeah, the, the, the discussion, if you went undefeated or only lost one game, you probably have a val in a Power Five conference. You probably have a valid uh, excuse to claim multiple championships. Yeah, I mean, and at this point, so Auburn officially, officially <laughs> claims two. So you know the fifty-seven and twenty ten, but now if you look at their website, there's five championships, and I mean, it's not like I said, it's not nothing that we have that on our website, um, but I also don't think. Auburn is going to go out there and market that maybe to a recruit. We kind of mention, Hey, we've actually been in contention for five national championships. There just hasn't been a consensus. So we don't claim those. And that kind of, you know, adds a little bit more, uh, I don't know, gusto to your, your recruiting pitch to somebody, which I think of recruiting is part of this. Um, why we have some of this on here, but I don't think it's the main reason. I think it's, you know, somebody somewhere, some foundation, some, uh, you know, association decided to name Auburn national champion. And I think those seasons definitely, except maybe for the 93, I think those weren't a national championship for Auburn to at least claim. I mean, do you feel bad if we start actually claiming it like officially that we you know put the banners up in the stadium? Would that feel weird to you? Well, I want to address one other thing real quick. Are you contractually obligated to put Gus in our podcast somewhere? You said Gusto. I liked it. Gusto. He, no, he, I wasn't. He's Sorry, gone, but... but I didn't know if you still had to put him in. I like it. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't feel bad. No. I mean, here's the reality. People, other fans are going to make fun of you about anything. You could do anything, and they're going to talk about you. So I don't really care. It's all about what helps with recruiting, and it's all fun and games anyways. There's nothing legal about this that I know of. So at the end of the day, 
if you want to claim it and you have a legit reason, claim it. I would take down 93 personally, and we've already shared why, and put yeah. 04 up there. But I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it is what it is. And here's the thing. Even if you do get grief about it, you're probably going to hear it for a year. And then next year, nobody's ever, the banners are going to be there, and you're not even going to think about it every year. So yeah. um, you'll take a little grief in the beginning, but not a huge deal to me. I, what are you thinking about it? I mean, I I don't want to be Bama. I don't want to be somebody that just keeps claiming national championships when they didn't win them. But most of these, and ultimately, like we've discussed, the ones that Auburn is claiming, I see what they're talking about minus 93. And that's okay. Um, I, I think if you claim five championships, I think it's good. Um, I don't I don't have any major issues with that. Here's what I here's why I think we're different, and the Auburn fan base is just different in general. We're not saying it's better; it's just different. I think the average Auburn fan, if they're having a conversation with somebody, they're going to approach it and say this: they're going to say, "Look, officially we have two. There are about five more we legitimately probably could claim." Mm-hmm. Whereas there are other fan bases who look at you like you have four eyeballs if you <laughs> try to say that some of those that they claim are not necessarily ones that anyone else would claim. Yeah. So I think it's a different setup. I don't, I think, and they're, listen, they're very obnoxious Auburn fans, but the majority of them are going to approach it in the sense of, hey, we claim two. There's about five others we probably could. Here's the list. Yeah. And I think that's a justified way about going about it. It's not just, we're going to yell it in your face and we're going to tell you that we have all these championships, even though half of them don't even, there's not really a real reason besides, oh, you had a good season and you still probably lost a game. I don't I don't know if that, like... <laughs> to me, I view them as almost like Barry Bonds. Like, Barry Bonds was a Hall of Fame player before he did what he did with enhancing himself. Alabama has a ton of legitimate ones. Like, a ton. I mean, mm-hmm. probably more than anybody. Um, so it's still funny to me that, that the the four or five that are, are questionable are still out there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. This is all fun and games. I mean, we've all realized over the last year how how important other things are it's all fun and games but it's fun to talk about yeah absolutely and it i mean at the end of the day if auburn puts up five banners and for all the championships that we're claiming i mean yeah we'll get a little grief but at the same time i feel like it's not the worst thing that could happen um and yeah we we just kind of move on with it and uh the next year we'd probably not even be talking about it have you been on Twitter? You get grief for anything. You could literally yeah, say, yeah. I'm giving away all my money to something and somebody's going to give you grief about it. How so, are you yeah. not investing that in the stock market? Yeah, or whatever. Or like, why are you not giving it to someone else? And you're like, yeah. okay, never mind. I'm not giving my money away. You know? Right. So, yeah, you're going to get grief no matter what. So you might as well do what you think is best and kind of roll with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also wanted to shift a little bit. So that, that was kind of our main topic for the day, but also wanted to catch us up since uh, Jared and I have not done a podcast in the last month and kind of do like quick fire. Let's, you know, ask you a bunch of, you know, different things that have come up over the last month um, about Auburn and Auburn football recruiting, all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, so Jared, I want to start out with this one. Um, game times were announced for the first three games of Auburn's 2021 season. First game of the season versus Akron in Jordan Hare is going to be a night game, 6 p.m. Central on September 4th. And uh, what a cool way to start for Brian Harson and his era, getting a night game. 
We also get, I mean, last year, yeah, we had the cool lights, you know, the LED lights, but only 20% of fans could experience that. How cool is it going to be with a excited, you know, I feel like everybody's going to be excited about seeing what Brian Harson puts on the field and, you know, how Derek Mason's defense looks and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. How excited does that make you that it's going to be a night game and not just like a 11 a.m. game? Is that 7 p.m. for us fast time people in Georgia? Yes. Do we know? Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. So it's going to be a legit night game. Okay. Um, I was thinking maybe six for us, seven or five o'clock for central time. So I, it's exciting to me. I mean, it, you, you and I have both set in an opening season game and it has been brutally hot. So being mm-hmm. at night, number one is going to make it a little better environment for the fans. Night game atmosphere is unmatched by any other in college football. So that's going to be awesome. First game, a year where nobody could go and now they can new coach. I mean, getting to see tank it's yeah. I mean, it's going to be, it may be one of the better opening game atmospheres against a non power five team, maybe ever because yeah, the, the antsiness of people not being able to go for a whole year and now you can, and the new, the newness of things. It's going to be fun, man. How about, yeah. are you excited? Are you planning on going? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try my darndest to go because that would be, such a fun experience. I mean, all the fans where we can finally tailgate again. I mean, it's it's going to be the whole atmosphere that um, somewhat was lacking over this last year. Um, yeah, I know twenty percent of fans got a little loud, but I think it's just going to be fun to be there with everybody um, and enjoying some Auburn football under Brian Harson. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook Live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. Let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. The next one that I want to talk about is uh, Auburn. All right, Auburn's playing Alabama State. This is going to be an 11 o'clock game. I don't know. It's a morning game. We're playing Alabama State. Eh. Might get to see Alabama State's band, though, which that's always fun. <laughs> um, and I'm not being sarcastic. They are entertaining band. Um and then Auburn will be playing Penn State, uh, and that'll be in Penn State. That's going to be a fun one, uh, and it's going to be a night game. It's going to be a whiteout. And uh, for any fans going, I might try to find a way to somehow get there because I can only imagine how fun that environment's going to be um, in Penn State. I-, I was talking to a guy. We were waiting on our public subs, and he had an Auburn hat on, so we started chatting, and he said right now on the ticket boards, that's the most expensive ticket of the year for <laughs> Auburn fans. So it's wow. kind of like not the exact same nostalgia when Georgia went to Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame carries a, a little more uh, factor there. But Happy Valley is a pretty cool place from what we hear. 
and I think it'd be awesome to experience it. So um, it's going to be, whew, that's going to be a tough one. If I think we're all kind of circling that game. If we, not to negate the two, you know, the other teams we're playing before them, but if we can go in and beat them, um, that might say a lot about our team. Yeah, and I, I think that'll set the trajectory for the coming games, like against LSU. If you can beat a Penn State um, and they're at their home field, you got some good feelings about what you've been putting in over the off season. And uh, Brian Harson can feel more confident about his game plans um, going forward. Um, so I feel like it's all around. If we win that one, I think it'll be pivotal. Yep. Uh, also Auburn has, uh, has over the last uh, few weeks allowed players to do voluntary workouts this summer. Um, and uh, I felt like that's a pretty cool thing, especially since last year we didn't have, uh, the ability for the players to really work out together. Yeah, they could, you know, it's very unorganized, but you could technically, but there was a lot of things like being on campus, using the amazing Auburn facilities that we have for, uh, working out that the guys weren't able to do. Um, so I, I think that's going to be big this, this next season, uh, kind of seeing the fruits from this off season paying off, um, because, they'll be able to practice a little bit together, just, you know, wide receivers and quarterbacks and running backs doing some extra drills on campus. I feel like that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Um, another big news that came out and uh, I felt like this was kind of breaking headlines that Auburn got him was TJ Finley from LSU. Uh, he was a starting quarterback last year for LSU for five games. Uh, he didn't have a great game against Auburn, which I feel like, myself included and most Auburn fans don't think necessarily super highly of that, but he did also have some other games. He was a freshman and last year didn't matter anyways. So, eh. um, but Jared, what's your thoughts on TJ Finley and kind of how he uh, fits into the quarterback room? Um, and specifically with the depth of, uh, Bo Nix and, you know, competition wise, how does that, how do you think that kind of fits in with TJ Finley? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's great in the sense that we have options now. So if we get three games in and Bo is not performing well, it's not like we're just going to have to ride with that. I think we have options. I, I do think that TJ Finley, while he doesn't appear to be a game manager, I think he's more of that style. He is. Yeah, he does have a strong a strong arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he actually right now probably throws the deep ball a little better than Bo, but. Bo is so athletic, so he brings more to the table. Bo's ceiling is a lot is not a lot higher, but it's higher, I think. However, I think Finley's floor right now may be higher in the sense that you know what you're going to get with him. Mm-hmm. And Bo's a bit of a wild card. So um, Bo will win out the QB job, in my opinion, because that ceiling is just so high. Um, but it's great to have Finley. Number one, it's going to make Bo be better. And it gives us options, not only if Bo's not performing, but if Bo gets hurt. So, yeah. and let's think about this, and, and then I'll let you talk. So, let's say Bo has a great year, moves on and goes pro. Well, we're not, there's not a huge gap there now. We fill in with Finley, who's been a year under the system, who already also has five or six games under his belt as a starter at LSU. So, mm-hmm. the future helps out a lot, and the present is also helped out with just having that comfort of, of having a backup. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the comfort of having a backup was something I feel like Auburn fans kind of last season were just holding their breath. Like, what if one negative COVID or positive COVID test for Bo Nix, you know, took him out for a big game? 
I, I mean, yeah, sure, we can throw in Grant Loy or you know somebody else, but I mean that that puts a big damper on what you're gonna do. Um, and I think with TJ Finley, the drop off will be uh, less significant. Even though I think Grant Loy is talented, I think he's kind of just he'll be the second, third stringer on this team, and that's all he'll probably be. Um, but we need those pieces because it's SEC and we're playing a full schedule this year with 12 games. So you never know what's going to happen. Um, and I mean, you just want to have that, that little bit, um, one interesting quote that, uh, kind of was floating around and, and I can, I can kind of see why he said this, but TJ Finley said, I'm not coming to Auburn to be a backup. And I'm thinking, Okay. Yeah, obviously. I mean, if you're, you know, 19 years old, you want to play, you want to be the starter, but I, I don't think he has uh, necessarily that he has a legitimate shot. Yeah, sure. But is it a lot of, you know, I think it's less than 5%, honestly, that he becomes the starting quarterback for Auburn, unless something happens like Bo Nix just doesn't click well with this offense or something. I don't know. It's like an injury happens. And obviously, T.J. Finley, go in there, you know, have a fun time being quarterback, and uh, win us some games. I think it's I, I disagree, and, and I, you know, I respect you, and you're a smarter guy than I am. I think it's more seventy thirty. I think it's Bose to lose. Okay, but I do think the coaches are legitimately going to give Finley a, a fair shot to win it. I so don't you're giving think... him a you're giving him a thirty percent chance that he starts. Yes. Um. Okay. Wow. I, I don't think uh, – keep in mind, I do think Bo wins it just for the fact that he's been on Auburn a lot longer. He's already been working with Harson, mm-hmm. and his upside is so much. But I'm going to tell you, if they get in there, if they can't figure out how to how to throw deep balls with mm-hmm. Bo, they're going to give Finley a shot. Yeah. Because, the, um, it, it, I mean, we I was looking at something here recently. We ranked like number 12 out of 14 teams in receptions over 15 yards or longer. <laughs> Um, like only Vandy and Kentucky were worse. Wow. And it's not for lack of talent. So since 2016, Auburn has had the second most four- and five-star wide receivers only behind Georgia. They're tied with Alabama with 12 each. So we have the talent there, but we're not able to hit the deep ball for some reason, and we weren't able to do it last year. Mm-hmm. If that does not get fixed, and in practice it is not getting fixed, I think Finley has a legit shot to win this job. I don't think he does. I think Bo fixes it, but I do think there's a very strong chance. I think Finley is going to legitimately be giving a ch- given a chance by the coaches. Yeah, and, and just I'm thinking about the last couple years under Gus Malzahn and Bo Nix. I, I think if you know Bo starts out rough under a Gus Malzahn offense, I think Gus kind of just lets them work through it. And I I just have a gut feeling that Harson isn't going to play around with that. Nope. He's going to pull pull Bo Nix out and put in the next guy and you know maybe give him a shot in the arm, see if it works. Um I feel like that's kind of what I'm reading off of Brian Harson. He's in, you know, just cut through the crap. I I'm not promising you a spot that you you like you're just struggling at. I mean, if Bo Nix is struggling, I as much of a Bo Nix fan as I am, I kind of want to give somebody else a shot and see what they can do. I agree. I, I think it's going to be Bo. I think Bo's actually going to have a really good year. I'm a fan of him, and I think with different coaching perspectives, I think he's going to take pick up a few more things here and there. 
Um, but I, 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 again, I, I've, I've said it multiple times. I do not think it was lip service. I think the coaches truly are going to give Finley a legit shot. I don't think it was one of those just to get him on campus. I think mm-hmm. they said, listen, we don't know what we have in Bo right now, and that's legitimate. We don't. Yeah. So we need somebody that can give us another chance. If, if you know, by the middle of fall practice, we're not, we're not still there. You know, we gotta, we may have to move on. Yeah, I absolutely think so as well. Um, another couple of things happening over the last uh, month for Auburn uh, on campus recruiting has returned after a year of uh, not allow or not having any official visits on campus. Um, Auburn's now able to do that. Um, and if you you're on Twitter at all, you've probably seen um, tons of pictures of Auburn uh, just because they Auburn was hitting it hard. They were, uh, you see lots of recruits posting about Auburn and, uh, I don't know. It looked really cool. They, they seem to be doing the recruiting right. Um, not to say that Gus was necessarily doing anything terribly bad, but it looks a little more organized and that's kind of maybe the you know gripe. I feel like some people were having that it was kind of unorganized under Gus, but yet, I mean, if it was unorganized, I mean, Jared, I want to talk about this. If it was unorganized under Gus and yet, pretty much every year we were getting top 10 recruiting classes. How much better do you think it could potentially be with Brian Harson, who has a lot of staff members that are not coaches, but they're in charge of this recruiting that needs to happen to get the top level talent on Auburn's campus and to sign with us. Yeah. I mean, I think that really your goal at this point, because Gus had us, except for this last year, I don't know if he was ever outside of the top 13 and you're right. It, there is rumors. It was unorganized. Gus was a very likable guy. Auburn is a real likable campus. So th- that, that alone, you roll out of bed and that alone will get you some recruits. Harson has figured out this is a business here. We can't just, uh, Oh yeah, we're going to recruit too. No, no. The recruiting is the business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so he has hired a lot of analysts and people to kind of manage that. Now, will it work? I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that with that organization, with Auburn as a campus and what it just the atmosphere and the, the feeling that you get from being there, that you even hear from people that are not lifelong Auburn fans, um, it's going to sell itself. So I think the goal is probably getting that five to six range. If you can hover in that five to six range recruiting wise. Oh, yeah. You're not going to catch Alabama. I mean, get, let's get that out of our head. They're going to be number one it, and one or two. That's okay. You don't have to catch Alabama. You got the right coaches, and you're getting enough five stars and the right four and three stars hovering that five to six range. You got plenty of talent to mm-hmm. to beat anybody. Yeah. Clemson, hey. this may surprise people. Clemson, until the last two years, actually was behind Auburn over a 10-year span of recruiting stars. Like, we were recruiting better than Clemson. That's yeah. changed a little bit recently, but that was even when they were having success. They were just co- they were getting the right players and coaching them and developing them, and nothing against Gus, um, but I, we started losing a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, at some point, I mean, as much as uh, I think you and I both admired what Gus was doing, there there wasn't the okay, we're getting top ten recruiting classes. Well, you know, hypothetically, you should be finishing the top ten every year. We did for some of those seasons, but it wasn't a consistent thing that, you know, it's a return on kind of your investment of getting these guys, um, these top level recruits, and it just wasn't panning out. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, 
optimistic about Brian Harson and what he can do um, with these recruits uh, because I think, like you said, we can get those four stars. I mean, it's a legitimate thing that we should get those you know upper four stars, maybe you know teetering on the five star range. I think as Auburn, uh, I think we should be able to, um, and and we should be able to compete against teams like Georgia um, with the recruits. Um, who you know Georgia's been in the top like five um, in recruiting classes for a while, um, but I think Auburn can jump up there as well, um, and pretty and, and I think pretty quickly. I heard somebody say they said that Gus and Gus did not lose his job because he could not out recruit Bama. That that nobody's going to do that. Yeah, he lost his job because he fell so far behind Georgia, LSU, and now Florida. He started falling behind that, and that essentially was probably what cost him. Um, his job yeah and I think there's some truth to that like I mean Alabama's at this level that we hate to say it but I mean it, it, you know nobody's doing that okay but the other teams you can't fall behind you know three or four or five other SEC schools then you have to start reassessing what's going on mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um, I think that kind of you know rounds out that conversation about recruiting um, let's talk about a couple of guys that Auburn ended up getting uh, commitments from um, one was a Juco cornerback, Rotarius uh, Torrance. Um, he is a tall guy. I think six foot three, though oh. I've seen maybe six foot four on some of the rosters. It's pretty crazy. That's tall, kind of, tall cornerback. That's with Carl. I don't know how tall Carlton Davis was, but he he always came across as pretty tall. And I don't know Igbenogami. He seemed relatively tall, but yeah, I, I don't know. They if they were, both, I, don't, I think they were both like six one. Which yeah. I mean that's you know a good size for a cornerback. Six this one, six two. This guy's six three. You can put him up against a tight end if you need to. Potentially, yeah. I mean, and he looks a little physical, so I mean, put him up against a tight end. I'd love to see it. If uh, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing that uh, if you're a cornerback, um, if you can do that, that's a that says something about how good you are um, yeah. on defense. Uh, another guy that we ended up getting is a former Vanderbilt safety, Donovan Kaufman. Um, he committed to Auburn. And uh, I'm sure it definitely helped that Derek Mason was our defensive coordinator. But, hey, we got another uh, safety. And uh, I think that was one of the things that um, we it helps with depth. Uh, because, you know, we've got Smoke Monday. Um, we need some more guys. We need some more guys that, you know, if Donovan Hoffman, uh, Kaufman can come in and, uh, you know, play – and, you know, a few plays, a few snaps, and kind of work his way into the rotation. I would love to see that for Auburn. Um, and, hey, our defense, I, I have a good feeling about our defense so far um, and what we can do. Even with the shift to Derek Mason's type uh, defense, I still feel pretty good about that. Agreed. Agreed, my friend. Excited to bring them on. I, we may have a whole college football team just off our defense. Again, <laughs> I feel like yeah. like everybody coming in is a defensive player. So Yeah. And uh, at some points, I feel like uh, we need some offensive players. But, you know, that's another discussion for another day. And I feel like offensive tackles are on the top of my list. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Man. I, I would have loved a veteran wide receiver transfer and yes. a veteran offensive tackle. That would have that would have made the top of my Christmas list. But, you know, it's not over. I, an Oklahoma guy just, just announced he's entering the transfer portal. He's an offensive tackle. So Yeah. Um, who knows? It's, yeah, I mean, we're not done yet. That those, uh, yeah, it's definitely not done yet. 
Um, but the time is, you know, it's ticking along. Like the way longer you wait, the less time you can learn the playbook and you know gel with your team. Yep, um, for sure. But I mean, hopefully we can get some of those. If not for this year, um, maybe they come in for the next year. Um, I feel like that that'll be much needed. All right, Jared, before we get out of here, uh, how can the people stay in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y-J-A-Y underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?